don't know about you, but I honestly, I, I came prepared to preach today, and I, I hope that you're ready to receive God's word, and I believe it's a really good word. I'm really excited about our sermon series that we're doing this month. It's called Traveling Light, Travel Light, and, and church, what we're doing is we're, we're talking about letting go of some of the things uh, that this, in this world that has attached itself to us, and it's holding us back spiritually. It's keeping us from being the men and women that God has called us to be. In Romans chapter 8, verse 5, it says this, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit have their minds on the things of the Spirit. Today, we're going to be talking about letting go of control. How many of you people know someone who's a control freak? If you don't, it's probably you, okay? You're probably the one. But I want to make sure you understand the definition of control. Webster's Dictionary says control is this, the power to influence or direct people's behavior or the course of events. Church, how many of you have at least one area of your life that you like to control? You know what I'm talking about? Like, this is mine. I'm controlling it. I'm, I'm maneuvering it, right? I, I'm molding it. I'm making it. I, I'm, I'm trying to make it to what I want it to be. And, and you know what? A lot of times, church, and listen, I struggle, okay? I am a control freak. I will admit it to you. Hi, my name is Mark Blakely, and I'm a control freak, okay? I really am. I, I struggle in that area. But, like, when someone accuses you of being controlling, we kind of have that attitude, like, you know, I'm not controlling. I'm aggressively helpful. That's what I am. Aggressively helpful. Or or maybe it might be, I'm not controlling. I'm just thoroughly organized. That's who I am. I'm not controlling. But seriously, church, I believe every single one of us, we struggle in certain areas of our lives where we are controlling, that we struggle with control. Well, I'm going to tell you today, we're going to be studying in Luke chapter 1, and this actually speaks to us about letting go of control. So if you'll turn with me to Luke chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 26, and we're going to read this, man, and I hope that you come with an open mind and open heart today. And it says in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, it says this, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of the king of David. Gabriel appeared to her and he said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Now, I'm going to stop right there. Church, I want you to get those two words and you really need to get these logged into your mind and in your heart today. Confused and disturbed. The Bible says that when the angel appears to Mary, that she was confused and she was disturbed. How many of you have ever felt confused and disturbed in what it is that God's doing in your life? You know what I'm talking about? He's doing something. You're like, man, Lord, I don't get this. I don't understand what you're doing. You're confused, right? You know, what about you right now? How many of you right now in your life that you are confused about something that's going on in your life right now. You kind of have that attitude like, man, I I wish this wasn't happening to me. Or or like, why am I here? Or, or, you know, maybe I never thought that I would ever experience this. Or or maybe church this morning, you come to church today and you're disturbed, right? I'm talking about you're like, I can't handle this. 
I can't handle this. I, I need to figure it out, all right? I need to take control. How many of you do that? I need to take control of this situation. Or, or why in the world is this happening to me? Or I never thought I would be here. I never thought I'd be here at this point in my life. So the Bible tells us in Luke chapter one, it says that Mary is confused and disturbed. Let's pick it up there in verse 30. So the angel says, do not be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. So church, we're looking at this, and again, remember, Mary is confused and disturbed, the Bible says. I want you to imagine Mary in today's setting, okay? Like this is just happening right now, and maybe what her response would be. You know, the angel of the Lord comes around and says, hey, Virgin Mary, you, you got a baby there, right? You got a baby. Where, where Mary's response might be, oh, this isn't convenient for me right now. This is not convenient for me. Or, you know, this is not in my five-year plan. This is not in my five-year goal. Or, God, you got no idea what I got going on, right? We're so naive to say that to God sometimes. Or if this happens, then I will be pregnant in my wedding gown. Remember, she was betrothed to Joseph. Let's pick it up in verse 36. And then it says, what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month for the word of God will never fail. So church, we got two miracles here basically for the price of one, right? So the, the angel comes tells Mary, hey, you're going to have a baby. You're a virgin, but you're going to have a baby. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and, and, and you will have this child. But guess what? Your cousin Elizabeth, she's old. Everybody knows it. And everyone said she's barren. That means you can never have kids. She's six months pregnant. So imagine this, church. Imagine this. So then we have Mary's response. Get this. In verse 38, and so the angel says all that, and here's what it is. Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word, and the angel departed from her. So you got Mary who's confused and disturbed, it says, and then you immediately, immediately follows up the Bible. Mary is quoting the Beatles. She says, let it be, right? <laughs> let it be. Whatever it is, Lord, you have for me, let it be. Let it be. Mary Disturbed and confused, when the angel speaks, she just says, let it be. Church, don't you wish you could be like Mary? For real, think about that. Some of us, we are wound up tight. How many of you are wound up tight? I mean, you, you are so wound up, you, you make your coffee nervous, right? I mean, you are a very wound up kind of person. And see, we want to control everything. We do. We want to control everything. Guess what? Your kids know it. <laughs> 
Your kids know it. They, you know, we want to control what they look like, don't we? We want to control where they go. We want to control who they hang with. We want to control what, what they do. That's called good parenting. That's what I always tell my kids. But we also want to take it a step further. We want to control what they get on their ACT. We want to control where they go to college. We want to control who they marry. We even want to control and want to tell them, here's how many grandkids you're going to give me, right? And we even want to take control of how they're going to take care of you when you're old. I tell my kids that all the time. Here's what you're going to do for me, all right? You want to control them. How many of you want to control your spouse? Ah. You know what I'm saying? You want to control how they chew? <laughs> you want to control how they dress? You want to control what they say? You want to control what they want? You want to control where they go? You want to control how they load the dishwasher, right? You want to control how they fold the towels? Everybody knows three folds, right? It's got to be tri-fold. You ain't doing that. You are not honoring the Lord. I believe that. I do. That's, it's got to be three in my house. You want to be in control, don't you? You do. Some of you, you even want to control what people think about you. And you use social media as your greatest weapon. You get to show people the life that you want them to see. I'm talking about filtered. I'm talking about edited. I'm talking about a fairy tale. That's what we want to do, right? You put up your Christmas decorations, it looks beautiful. And so after 37 attempts, to get your family around this beautiful tree and your dog and to make it a perfect one. You know, you're trying to take the picture. You, you spank the kids five times. They're bawling their eyes out, right? And you're going to take a good picture. You almost divorced your spouse because you were so mad at each other. And then you finally, after 37 attempts, you get that perfect picture. You put on social media, hashtag blessed, right? <laughs> we know what you're doing. I've seen it. We want to control it. Church, if you're writing things down, I want to make sure you write this down this morning. The more you try to be in control, the more you fear of losing control. I want to say it again because I want you to get it. The more you try to be in control, the more you fear of losing control. And here, I want to add to it. The second part of that line is this. And the more you fear losing control, the more you want to be in control. It's a fear that consumes us, church. And so today, what I want to do in this sermon, is I'm not going to give you three solid points and a little story. No, I'm going to give you one thought. I'm talking about one big idea this morning, one big idea. And it's, I want you to know this one thought. It's not going to be simple to live with, but I want you to get this this morning. To live this out, it's going to take faith on your part, but on the other side of your faith, I promise you what you will do is you will always see God's faithfulness in it because he is God who is with us, right? That's what we just read in Luke chapter one. So the big thought is this, if you're taking notes, and I hope you get this, it's this church. You don't always have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender. Write it down. You don't always have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender. Church, you don't always have that power to control, to, to make someone in your life do what you want them to, to make her to, to behave like you want, to get your marriage to, to where you want it to be, to get your finances in line, finally, right? To get your future lined up. 
I'm talking about to get your health where you want it, to get your kids to do everything that you want them to do. Church, you do not always have the power to control, but you always, church, every single time, have the power to surrender. I want you to think about this first minute this morning. When the angel appeared to the Virgin Mary, what we just read in Luke chapter 1, many people hear this and they think, oh, it was so easy for Mary. Yeah, they think it was so easy for Mary because, you know, after all, there's statues named after her. There's cathedrals named after her. She's the Virgin Mary. It would be so easy for her. But when the angel appeared to her, we have to recognize, church, she was an everyday average. We don't know exactly how old she was. They say, biblical scholars say, between 12 and 16. I love what God does. Tommy and I never talked about the sermon or the communion meditation. Just went together today. It's amazing how he does that. So we're talking about this young average girl, and I'm sure she had hopes and dreams. All young girls do, right? I'm sure she had hopes and, and dreams like any other girl. I'm sure she had dreamed about getting married. Married, and you know what? Maybe she didn't have many options like you guys do today. You know, she, she couldn't snap that cute guy that she met at church camp. It wasn't like that. You know, there was no Match.com back then. You know, it wasn't any Christian mingle. No, no. See, Mary, I'm sure she wanted a guy with a, a few simple, basic qualities. I'm, I'm talking about she probably wanted someone strong and handsome, right? Uh, a charming guy. Someone with, with, with a nice donkey. You know, a newer model. Something that's reliable, not fancy. You know, a man with a good job. She probably wanted a man with a good job. You know, strong hands, soft heart. I'm sure that she wanted a man who was close to his mom, but was not a mama's boy. A guy who was bold yet humble, you know, well-groomed but not obsessive. Someone, more importantly, who was godly. I'm sure she had dreams, church. I'm sure. And I'm sure she thought about it. And you know what, church? She had those hopes and dreams. And the angel of the Lord comes to her and says, nope, <laughs> no, no. God's got other plans for you. God has a different plan. And the Bible says, I'm gonna, I want you to get this. She was disturbed and confused. Think about yourself this morning in your life today. You know, maybe you, had, you thought that job that you got was perfect for you. You're like, man, this, this is what I always wanted. This is what I always needed. But yet, you know what? Now they're downsizing. You're going to lose your job. Maybe you can barely pay your rent and it's weighing heavy on you. Man, it could be a relational issue. Maybe, church, it's a marriage and you're noticing this isn't where it needs to be right now. Maybe you lost someone. And so this holiday season, there's going to be an empty chair at the table. Maybe it's a health issue you got. Maybe it's a financial weight, church. Maybe, maybe it, it, it could be your kid. You know, the kid that you always told her, oh, my kid would never do that. Guess what they did? It could be a number of things, and this morning you sit here and you're disturbed and confused. You're like, I, I didn't think it would be this way. And maybe, church, you're feeling just like Mary. And when you think about Mary, here's what I really want you to get, church. What I just read to you, Mary did not know the end of the story. Mary didn't know the end of the story. She didn't know that some 30 years later that Jesus would be on the cross, that he would die a horrible, horrible death, and three days later, God would raise him from the dead. 
that all the angels would sing and he would ascend up to heaven and he would be seated at the right hand of God the Father. She didn't know that, church. She didn't know that. And the same is with you. You honestly don't know what is going to happen in the particular situation that you're in right now. You don't. You have no idea. But see, Mary had a choice to make. She really did. You and I, church, we have a choice to make. And it says you don't always have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender. You've always got the power to surrender. So she, Mary, she had to make a choice between her dreams, whatever they were, and God's destiny. She had to make a choice, church, between her plans and what appeared to be God's purpose. It was between control and it was between God's calling. And you know what I love? What I love about Mary in this, this is what I absolutely love, is she didn't understand the plan, but she trusted her heavenly father and that he had a purpose. Church, do you know that God's doing something? I'm serious. In your life right now, he's doing something. And there's been a lot of times in my life where God was doing something, and I'm going to be straight up honest with you. The preacher's going to tell you the truth. I'm like, God, I don't like it. (laughs) I remember when he called me this job. I'm legit. I'm telling you, I didn't like it. Like, nah, I don't want to be a preacher. But God's doing something in your life. God's doing something in my life, just like he was doing something in Mary's life. In church, you always have the power to surrender, every single one of us. We always have the power to surrender. And what is interesting here, it's very interesting to me, there's no such thing as partial surrender. There's no such thing as as partial surrender. You know what? I, 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 three boys, Raised in our house, right? Count the Russians, man, we had six. But you know what? I I love to do with my boys. I love to wrestle with them. I do. My wife hates it. (laughs) Because I kind of revert back real quick. (laughs) I'm talking, we're wrestling. I'm talking about chairs sometimes get tipped over and and people run around the house and stomping. And my wife can't stand it. And and, and Jacob, our youngest one at home, right? And and he loves to wrestle too. And sometimes when I walk in the house, man, it's a look. We'll give each other a look and like it's on. And he will jump up out of it and he will come at me and we're wrestling around. But see, here's the thing. He's 17. I'm 52, okay? And, And I always tease Jacob. He's not in here, so I can say whatever I want. This is what I love about this right now. He's working over there for the dinner right now. And I always tease him. You guys remember that little toy monkey, right? You would wind up. It's got the symbols like, that's my man. It's just going to wind down. You can't stop it. It's just going to wind down by itself. And, and so, you know, finally, we're, we're pretty even right now, but I know he's going to pass me up any second now. And so we have this deal that if I can't take it anymore, I'm tapping out, Okay. You don't know what that means. It means you tap out. It means the other person has mercy on you. They let you get back up. And sometimes he'll tap out on me, and I'm real gracious. All right, I won. I got 16 pins now. You got 15. That's what we're going at. But here's what happens. A lot of times I'll tap out, and he's cool with that because he won. But when he taps out, the moment I let him up, he taps out. He surrendered. 
The moment I let him up, he gets his feet under me, he comes right back after me again. Church, that's called partial surrender. Partial surrender. Listen, when it comes to what God wants from you, there's no such thing as partial surrender. There's no degrees to surrender, right? You can't say like, I'm 86.9% surrendered to the Lord. It doesn't work that way. You are either surrendered or you are not surrendered. You kind of have that attitude like, you know, I trust him to save my soul. I still like to fool around. You can't do that. You know, know, I, I, I trust him to take away my sins. I don't trust him with my money. You know, it's I trust him to give me peace when I'm hurting, but Lord, I don't trust you with my kids. There's no such thing as partial surrender, church. There isn't. You are either surrendered to the Lord or you're not. And you know what? This, This control that you and I, we struggle with, our desire to control, do you know what it's rooted in? For me personally, I'm preaching to myself today. This isn't just for you. My desire to control, I'm being honest, it's rooted in a lack of faith. Those areas that I want to keep controlling, it's rooted in a lack of faith where I'm saying, God, I don't think you can handle this. Right? That's what it is. It's rooted in a lack of faith. And and it's not just me. Ha, Ha, it's on you too. The areas that you still want to control, it's because it's rooted in a lack of faith in your life. The more I find myself trying to control, the more I overestimate my ability to control church. The more I keep trying to control it, I'm way overestimating my abilities to do that. And the more I underestimate the power and the goodness of God, I'm overestimating myself and I underestimate the power and the goodness of my God. Church, it isn't easy, is it? Because you know what culture tells you? You know what culture tells you? It says, culture tells you this, you got to make it happen, right? You got to get in there, you got to make it happen. If, if it's going to be, it's up to me, right? That's the way we look at it. I have to get in there, I have to be strong, I've got to manipulate it, I've got to maneuver it, I've got to make it happen. But Jesus, church, listen to me, Jesus said something completely different from what culture says. In Matthew chapter 10, if you'll look at this with me. Man, in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 39, Jesus says this, whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. I remember the first time reading that in high school, I'm like, why does God always got to give me riddles? It's almost like that one that Paul says, I know the things that I should do. And, you know, yeah, come on, my head's hurting. Jesus says, whoever finds their life. So church, if you cling, in other words, to be in control, if you're clinging to be in control, then you're not losing your life. You're trying to control it. But then he says, if you give up your life, meaning, church, you surrender it. If you give up your life and surrender it, he says, you will find your life. And it means the life that he created you for, the life that he intended for you. And so, church, I want to tell you again, I'm going to quote Mary, let it be. Let it be. Stop trying to control it. Whatever God is doing, you let it be. Church, do you understand surrender is not a one-time event? I remember when I walked down the aisle of church, wanted to give my life to Jesus, 11 years old, right? I surrendered my life to Jesus that day, and I got baptized and all that stuff. It was a great day. But you know what? 
It wasn't a one-time event. Because you know what? It's a daily choice. I'm talking about every single morning you wake up, where you wake up and you're like, all right, Lord, I surrender it again today. And forgive me because I picked it back up at noon yesterday when I surrendered to you. It is a daily choice. Today, I choose again to surrender. And church, when we look at Mary's surrender, when we look at Mary's surrender, remember, let it be. When we look at her surrender, what is interesting, all throughout the scripture where they talk about Mary, every time she chose to surrender something, she eventually saw the faithfulness of God the Father. Every single time, right? Mary the virgin, right? You know what? She becomes pregnant by the Holy Spirit. I'm sure she's sitting there going like, well, I got to tell Joseph this. How am I going to explain this? Right? Your fiance comes up and he says, hey, I'm pregnant. Well, we didn't do anything. What are you going to think, right? She has to tell Joseph this. But she tells the angel of the Lord, let it be. Lord, whatever your will is. She surrenders. And so what does God do? What does God do with that? God sends Gabriel, the angel, who appears to Joseph and tells him, hey, the whole thing's legit. What she's going to tell you is the truth. God took care of that, didn't he? So she wasn't left there on her own, right? She surrendered, church. She surrendered, and she sees the faithfulness of God. I'm sure if you don't know anything about biblical times, you know, someone gets pregnant out of wedlock today, we're kind of like, oh, that stinks. Why did you do that? Let's keep moving. Wasn't like that in biblical times. You got pregnant out of wedlock, it was bad for you. And I'm sure the people in the town would have been whispering, right? Been whispering like, hey, psst, I saw Joseph's donkey over at Mary's house at 3 a.m. You know what they were doing, right? The people would have been whispering. You know what? She's ashamed. She's she ashamed for this, but here's what happened. God confirms this also to her relative, Elizabeth. Not only did God send Gabriel, the angel, to Joseph and say, hey, she's going to tell you something. It's true. It's, all, it's real. But he also confirms it to a relative Elizabeth. And so all through the scriptures, church, you see this. You see where Mary surrenders and you see God's faithfulness, right? Remember the story about Jesus when he was missing at the age of 12, right? They're heading back home and he becomes, where's, where's Jesus? Any of you, if you've even lost a kid for three minutes, you panic, don't you? It's this fear that comes over you. You know, it's gone for a moment. They're panicking, and I'm sure, but they surrendered Jesus to God. They find him. What was he doing? He was teaching in the synagogue to adults. Mary, nine months pregnant, riding on a donkey. I know what my wife was like at nine months pregnant when I hit a bump. I can't imagine riding on a donkey, nine months pregnant, no room at the end. She trusts God, right? God supplies him a cave with a stall in it and have a baby in it. How about this? Herod the king wants to kill the baby, right? You know that story. Every day, church, Mary had to trust God. I trust you with my child. Three wise men show up. They bring payment. You know, those cute little nativity sets you put on your Christmas tree? Shows them hold one little box. That's not what the story was, church. When they brought their gifts, it wasn't one tiny little box with three gold coins. They brought gifts. I'm talking... They could live high on the hog with what these people brought, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They brought expensive stuff, and they brought a lot of it. God supplied them, and they came to worship the Son of God. Church, we could even take it to Jesus, right? Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, and he's praying, he's praying, and he's saying the exact same 
Greek words that his mother said when she said, let it be, in Luke 22, verse 42. And this is Jesus. He's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. Remember, he knows what's coming up. He's struggling with it. The Bible says he was sweating blood. And Jesus says this, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Basically, Jesus said, let it be. Just like my mama said. Let it be, Lord, whatever your will is, whatever you want. Jesus, remember when he was on the cross, church, what did he do? He said this, he said, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And the Bible says he surrendered his spirit. Let it be, Lord, I'm giving it to you. So this morning as we're sitting here thinking about these things, you know, church, whatever it is you have going on in your life, and I believe we could spend in here all day long talking about the things that we've got going on in our life. I'm asking you this today, church. Are you surrendering it? Are you holding on to it with both fists saying, I'm going to control this thing? As I asked the praise team to come up here this morning. I want to ask you, church, this morning, what is it you need to surrender this morning? I believe everybody here has got something they need to surrender. We're holding on to some things. God's telling you, he says, I want complete surrender. There's no, there's no such thing as partial surrender in my book, he's telling you. He's saying, I want it all. Some of us will say, Lord, we'll give you all this, but I'm going to hold on to this one thing because I think I can do it better. Don't you dare believe that. What is it you need to surrender this morning, church? What burden is on your heart today? Is it a relationship that you are burdened for? Church, maybe it's your marriage this morning that you know it's not right. Maybe it's that child, that child that you're aching for. Church, maybe you received a bad diagnosis from the doctor. Maybe it's the, the crushing weight of some financial responsibilities maybe this morning you're fearful of the future maybe you've got an addiction that you are just it's got you and you feel like you can't beat it church maybe this morning it's your past some hurts that was done to you or maybe it's some things that you are ashamed of that you've done what is it today that you need to surrender i want to share one last verse with you it's first peter chapter 5 or 7 it's not going to be on the screen this is a freebie for you i'm giving you something extra it says this cast your cares all it says all church all your worries and your anxieties on him your father because he cares for you he cares for you you know when the angel told mary he said this, he said, listen, the Lord is with you. He gives her that news. He says, but the Lord's with you. Church, I hope you realize this morning, the Lord is with you. He is. He's with you. And, and you know, God can do way more. He can do way more through your surrender than you could ever do with your control. He can do way more with you surrendering and saying, watch what God's going to do with it because you gave it to him. He's way more powerful than you.
then you sit there holding on to I'm going to control this. I'm going to maneuver it. I'm going to manipulate it. God's saying, I can do way more through your surrender than you can do with your control. And so church, I ask you one last time, what are you willing to let go of? What are you willing to let go of? Maybe this morning, church, there's somebody here who's living their life outside of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about you're trying to control things. And you're living your life outside of Jesus Christ, and and God is calling you out right now. He's seriously, he's calling you saying, I want you to give me your old life because I want to make you brand new. I want to do something in your life that you could never possibly do. I want to make you new. I, I want to restore you to a right relationship with me. I want to give you a hope. Listen to me, church. He wants to give you a hope and a future, and that only comes through a right relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the only way you're going to get it. So if that is for you this morning, I want you come up front. I'm serious. Holy Spirit's calling you out, and he's telling you, you got to do something. Move your feet. And you come up front. We have people that will pray with you. They'll walk you through it. Maybe you don't even understand what it means, but you know, you feel it. God's calling you, and he's saying, I want to give you something, but you don't understand what it is. You come up front. Let us pray with you. Let us explain it to you. All you got to do is admit that you are a sinner. You invite Jesus Christ in your heart. You, you ask for forgiveness of those sins. You follow in Christian baptism. He will do things in your life that will blow you away. And for the rest of you believers, maybe you, you had that experience with Jesus Christ. You surrendered 60 years ago. Maybe it was a year ago. Maybe it was a month ago. That's what. Maybe it was a week ago. But you keep picking it back up. Remember, there's no partial surrender every single day. You say, Lord, I surrender to you one more time. Maybe you need to give something back up to him. Whatever that might be, church, what are you willing to let go of? Let's stand together and let's sing.